The meeting will now begin. This is an open meeting of the Atlantic Group of Alcoholics Anonymous, and all are welcome to attend. As was said, this meeting is open to anyone. However, we are an anonymous fellowship and ask that what you hear and whom you see remains here. Our main speaker tonight is Lisa. Hi, everybody. Thanks, Jeff. Hi, I'm Lisa. I'm an alcoholic. Oh, my gosh. I'm already um, overwhelmed by the... Um, uh-oh. Here I go. Like this. I'm going to cry. Um, I cry a lot in, when I speak in AA because I am so um, deeply honored and so moved. So moved. Um, here I go. <laughs> right off the bat. Um, but most especially moved by this, by the Atlantic Group. Um, and you guys, and everybody who just participated, all of the past chairs. Oh my gosh, I am so honored. Like, it's funny, right? I say that a lot when I speak. I'm honored to be asked to speak, but this, most especially, most especially, most especially, I'm so honored um, to be speaking tonight. And I have to say, I'm actually the understudy. I really am. <laughs> um, Peggy was going to speak. And as you heard, she just isn't feeling well. So um, she will she will be back and she will for sure speak. Uh, so um, and maybe the reason um, or one of the reasons um, that I'm speaking tonight is Peggy has been my sponsor since 1990, since 1990. Um, and, uh, and I was at that very first Atlantic group meeting and I was hearing for months and months before it ever started all the, all the, um, I'm going to call it the amazing music of AA, right. That, that brings meetings like this to be. Um, and, uh, March 1st, 1994, I'll st- it's, here's the miracle of that. Well, there's a million miracle. Actually, everybody on this screen right here is the miracle of that. Um, and a million more. But for me personally, um, that was, I got sober. Actually, my very first meeting ever was in that church, Church of the Sacred Heart. 91st and 5th, on March 1st, 1984, exactly 10 years prior to the day. Um, And um, my first meeting, it no longer existed. And by the time Peggy and Van and that crew found a place, when they were like, it's going to be at the convent and uh, the date we're going to start is March 1st, I was like, wow, it was my exact 10-year anniversary. And um, and as Vince had mentioned, and thank you, Vince and Bonnie and Ava and Rich and like everybody who just participated, um, one of the one of the many inspirations for Atlantic Group was certainly the Pacific Group. And at the Pacific Group, one of the traditions uh, that they have is to give a cake for birthdays or anniversaries. And at that time. 27 years ago, there weren't many meetings in New York City who did that, but in LA and, and Pacific Group, you had a cake. So Peggy and Van decided to have a cake, and um, 
And I got to celebrate my 10-year anniversary at that very first meeting in the convent. And, um, and if you had told me that night that 27 years later, we'd all be here, first of all, that Zoom would be invented, <laughs> that we could all be here. But, but way more than that, frankly, the spirit, the spirit of AA. Um, no, really? Like what I see is the grace, the grace of God, the grace of God in each one of us, in each one of us. And if you're new tonight, welcome, welcome. We welcome you. AA, um, AA has given me a life I, I never could have imagined. I couldn't, I literally couldn't have imagined. Um, there's this beautiful expression in one of our meditation meetings that, um, thank goodness God's will for me isn't limited by my imagination. Like, because I couldn't even imagine it. But God's will for us is so much bigger for each and every one of us. And certainly God's will for the Atlantic group was way bigger than we could have imagined on March 1st, 1994. And I do remember that the recovery, recovery through the 12 steps of AA and, and really going by the book, really going by the big book um, was vital, was such a vital, vital part of this thing. And the promise of the 12th step is that we'll have a spiritual awakening. And what I have found in Atlantic Group in the past 27 years is that there's always that spirit. You just feel it, right? You walk into that church, you just feel that spirit. Um, and I, I call it moments of grace, just moments of grace. And for me, I'll tell you a little bit about my story. Um, actually, here's the crazy thing. Right after that meeting, but literally right after that meeting, like I think two or three days later, um, I moved to Los Angeles and, um, and um, that was such a miracle. That was such a miracle. It was, um, I came into AA unemployable, um, just, well, I'll tell you my story and you'll hear, but, but basically then in 1994, I was 10 years sober. I finally had a job, couldn't believe it. And that that job wanted to relocate me to LA. Like they trusted me enough to like go cross country. It was unbelievable. And Peggy, of course, being my sponsor for so long, um, made my number one requirement of moving to LA that I get a commitment at the Pacific group. Actually, before, before my feet left New York city, I had to have a commitment at Pacific group. And one of the gifts of, um, of that job was that I got to come back to New York a lot. So I got to watch a, a Atlanta group grow and I got to do service at Pacific group. And I've gone back and forth since then, since then. Um, and I just celebrated my 37 year anniversary. So um, oh, what a miracle, what a miracle. So, um, um, all right. So I'll tell you just a little bit about my story. I, um, 
Wait, I just want to start with this. I always love to start with this. I want to read you something from the preface to our big book. And this is most especially to newcomers, but for everybody at the very end of the preface. Um, and this is talking about the stories. There are 42 stories in the back of the big book. And um, it says, if you have a drinking problem, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the 42 personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me. Or more important, yes, I felt like that. Or most important, yes, I believe this program can work for me too. And I think those stories are also how we speak in AA. We'd say a little bit about what it used to be like, what happened and what it's like now. And when you hear any one of us speak, I always like to think of that. It's like, you might identify with, oh, that happened to me, but it might not have. And you might identify with, yes, I, f- I felt like that too. But most important to know that this program can work for you too. That's really the message, the message of hope. It's the message of hope that every AA meeting and every one of the people who just shared and the 300, 400, 500 people that show up on that Tuesday night are, I think we are all proof that AA works. And that I'm sitting here sober 37 years later is like, it's beyond a miracle to me, but it is mostly mostly a demonstration of AA. It is all, actually, not mostly, all of us. (laughs) It is all a demonstration that AA works because of of my own. No, I was just a drunk mess of a girl. That's for sure. Um, So when I got here in 1984, I had been um, uh, drinking since I was 13. And I only know that because I was drunk at my bas mitzvah, which was when I was 13. And that was not my first drink. So maybe I had started earlier. And um, and I was drunk at everybody else's bas mitzvah and bar mitzvah too. So that was just sort of, I was just the one that showed up and all the parents were like, oh, that one, she's going to be a mess. And I was. And, um, and we thought I'd outgrow that. And I didn't. Uh, and it only got worse. And it only got worse. And um, a common trait of alcoholism is it does only get worse if it goes untreated. And that for sure is what happened to me. Um, and I um, actually, I grew up in Philadelphia, but I, uh, I, my goal in life was to live in New York City and go to the clubs. <laughs> that was like it. That was as far as a goal as I wanted in life. And uh, by the time I was 18, achieved the goal and um, got to New York and hit the clubs and, and, uh, and miracle of miracles, the year I got here, Studio 54 opened and hello, I turned my will and my life over to Care 54 for sure, and uh, was found every night of the week and uh, just drunk and high and crazy. Now, there was this other world, which is called, I don't know, how do you pay the rent? 
How do you support yourself? How do you like create, do anything in life? Hello? And, um, and a lot of that eluded me. <laughs> a lot of that eluded me. <laughs> I was just a little hustler and a um, little liar, a little thief, a little hustler. And, um, uh, and I'm going to just talk in a very general way. Um, uh, um, I got stuck there for a second. Because <laughs> um, I know this is on a podcast. So, uh, so let's just say... I hustled my way through that. I see my darling Ava on the fly. I love Ava, but I'm thinking, do the hustle, right? Did we do the hustle? <laughs> so, um, oh my God, there's so many people on this call. I just love, 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 love Peggy's baguettes, but my just loves, right? And um, so, okay. So we hear a lot in AA, right? It started as fun, then fun with problems, then problems. And that was my story. That was my story. And when I hear people talk about that, yeah, I'm 18, I'm having fun, I'm dancing, la, 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 la. And then I'm waking up in places, I don't know. And then I'm waking up with like, who are you? And where are we? A little too often. And then I'm like waking up in my own vomit and like, who are you? Where are we? And what is that? And it's not pretty. And um uh, and that continues a little too, just worse and worse. And then, um, then I start getting physically sick. So first, it's just like kind of scary waking up in weird places. Then the kidneys start failing. And, um, and here's what I didn't know. Here's what I didn't know until I got to AA. I was spiritually sick. Like I knew I was physically sick. I didn't know I was spiritually sick. And um, my life started being like, um, I had friends who actually didn't come to the bar on weeknights. They'd actually started getting jobs and would only be in the bars on weekends. And I'm like, kind of, how do you do that? And what do you do? And, and, uh, and then other friends starting to do things. And I couldn't, I could, you know, you hear a lot. And it's, it was like my, I was like looking through the window, right? Like, how do you? get there and have, have like a real life. And um, um, so to make a very long story short, um, my, um, um, just through a series of coincidences and circumstances, I ended up going to a therapist um, through my brother, one of my brothers. And um, I have two brothers and a sister. And one of my brothers Long story. So I'll just got to the therapist and the therapist. I'm thinking, how does this woman know this? Here's what she said. She said, um, she said, I, I can help you, but I can only help you if you start working the 12 steps and you get sober. And, and she said, anything I say or do, if you're not, Sober and working the 12 steps will be meaningless. But if you get to a meeting and start working the steps, then I can work with you. Now, let's back up a second. I thought I just needed, I don't know, a boyfriend and a job and all would be well. Like, I didn't think drinking was my problem. 
I just thought the externals, like, just tell me how to get the externals coming, right? A, a job, a boyfriend, and this or that. Um, and uh, and uh, it says in our book, when the spiritual malady is worked out, the rest follows. But I didn't know that. I did not have that information. And um, But thank God she did. Thank God she did. And I set out to prove her wrong. I'm like, I don't need AA. I don't need the 12 steps. Like, I could stop drinking. I could stop getting high. I just don't want to. She's like, really? Okay. Try on your own to stop drinking. I'm like, no problem. And, um, and that was January 1984. And I spent from January to March. I like to say I spent from January to March doing the first step. We admitted we were powerless over alcohol and our lives had become unmanageable. I didn't know I was powerless over alcohol. I thought I had all the power in the world. I thought I could choose. I could choose not to drink. And you know what? No, I couldn't. You know why? I kept having feelings. And every time a feeling would pop up, I'd have to treat it. And the only tool I had to treat anything was a drink. In all its forms. And um, I had no way to get through a day. I had no skill or tools to get through a day, to get through a feeling, to get through a situation, to get through anything without taking something, drinking something, doing like something. And, um, and I kept showing up in her office. And she's like, how'd you do? Did you get to a meeting? And I was like, oh, I don't need to go. And she's like, really? Have you had a drink? I'm like, I haven't had a drink. I just had a little wine. And she's like, that's a drink. I'm like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Let's not get picky. Like, I didn't pass out. She's like, there's, there's something between having a drink and passing out. I'm like, all right, give me another week. And another week would go by. And I'd show up. Did you have a drink? Yes, I did. And then on March, well, it must have been the end of February, I went to see her. And I went for Mexican food first. So naturally, you have to have a margarita. Like, I, I don't think I'd ever had Mexican food without a margarita. So I show up at her office drunk on margaritas, telling her how sober I am. <laughs> and she could smell it. And she's like, you have to get to me. And... um. But here's what she did. She actually wrote on a piece of paper in alphabetical order. AA, CA, DA, MA, NA, all the A's in New York City, right? All of them, all of them, um, which is like cocaine anonymous, narcotics anonymous, marijuana anonymous, pills anonymous, drugs anonymous, alcohol, like all the A's. And she was like, Find the 12 steps. Go find the fellowship where you identify. Where you identify. So what I read when we first started, yes, I felt like that. Yes, I did that too. Yes, I think this can work for me. That's when we talk about identification. That's what we talk about. Like you find your, your place. You find your, your, your fellowship. And 
And I found that in AA. I heard you guys speaking. I heard you guys sharing. I went to that convent that night. First of all, I'm Jewish. I didn't know I was allowed in a convent. I thought I wasn't allowed. <gasps> I thought they were going to kick me out. Then, of course, I was late because I'm like, what all black outfit am I going to wear? Like, it was like I'm changing all my clothes. Right. <laughs> so then I get there. I'm like, oh, my God, it's a convent. Like, oh, I go. And because I'm late, I finally, like, get the courage to walk in. And, um, and uh, they're sitting in a circle. What we call, for those of you who are new, we call that a round robin. It's a format of a meeting. It's a circle. And strangely, the topic was um, work, working in sobriety, doing honest day's work for an honest day's pay or something. There's like a phrase like that in the big book, right? Like we're, we're people among people, right? We do. And I'm listening. So I sit outside of the circle because I'm late. And I'm listening to the sharing. And I'm shocked because a lot of the sharing I'm hearing is um, people showing up sober. People showing up walking through their fear, sober. People experiencing showing up, being a worker among workers, like, and praying before they go, or helping each other, or getting this thing called a sponsor and calling the sponsor. And, and I was like, wow, wow. It was like, it was like the directions of how to live life without a drink. Like, I didn't know that's what it was, but it, it resonated. You know, it resonated. Like, I, you know what? I felt hope. I felt hope. I felt like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What if I don't have to keep waking up in strange places with strange people? What if I don't have to keep being sick? What if I don't have to? What if I actually can live a different kind of a life? And listening to the sharing, I saw like a, a glimmer of hope. I saw a way that it might be possible to live a different kind of life. What I didn't know that I was hearing was grace. Was grace. I think that's what we get here is grace. And you know what? Here's what was crazy in that meeting. Because I was late, because I was outside of the circle, I didn't realize it, but I was directly behind a girl because I only saw the back of her head until we stood up and said the prayer. Um, and I knew her from out there, and I had heard a rumor three or four months earlier that she went to a rehab. And, oh, everybody in the bar was like, oh, Poor thing. Like it was as though she had died. She went to a rehab. <laughs> like, oh no, she can't get drunk anymore. That's like, whoops, sorry. <laughs> oh, poor thing. And there she was, bright eyed and shiny. I was like, wow. You mean when you go to rehab, like you don't die? Like it actually is the opposite? Like you come to life? And, um, and she was as surprised to see me as I was to see her. And she said, come with us. We all go to the coffee shop. 
So if you're new here, and once we go back in person, go to the coffee shops. Go to the coffee shops. So much of sobriety happens in the coffee shops. And I went with her. And I went with all those people. And I was so afraid and so scared. And, um, and here's what she told me that night, 37 years ago. 37 years ago that night. She and 10 other people. She said, get a sponsor. A sponsor is somebody who has a little more sobriety, a little or a lot more sobriety than you, but who has what you want in terms of sobriety, um, who can show you the way, who can guide you, who you can talk to. She said, get to a meeting every day, 90 meetings in 90 days. She said to try to get a commitment in as many of those meetings as possible. And we are so lucky at the Atlanta Group. There's amazing commitments. As you see, look how many people have been doing commitments here. All the secretaries who just shared, they're still sober. And I think I'm still sober because of service. And um, I think those are moments of grace too, right? The service we give in AA. It's these little baby steps in AA. Um, the other thing she told me was this thing called halt. I was like, what is halt? Halt is hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And she said, don't get in halt. Don't get too hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. I was never in touch with my self, actually. So I never even knew if I was hungry. Like, because I would drink or I would drink. Like, I just... I wasn't in touch with my health or well-being. Like AA restored me to that. Halt became the most, so important, not the most important, but so important. Because when I'm too hungry, I get angry. When I'm too tired, I get angry. When I get too lonely, I get angry. Or I think I need a drink. Any one of those things. If you're too hungry, the solution is a meal, not a drink. If you're too angry, the solution is talk to your sponsor or get to a meeting. Lonely, get to a meeting. Tired, get to sleep. Like I walked around exhausted thinking I had all these problems. The minute, first time I had a good night's sleep, I'm like, oh my God, my problem. Like I don't even have that many problems. It's amazing. It's amazing. So halt, I'm a big believer in halt. But most important, she said, was get on your knees and ask God to keep you sober. And do it every morning and every night. And I'm like, ask God to keep me sober. Like I had, as I said, I was raised Jewish, but I, I had no concept of God. I had no concept of God. Um, synagogue was just where I went because my dad made me and I had to dress up because my mother made me and I had my bus because my dad made me like it wasn't. And then once I got sober and started praying, And I prayed to a God I didn't believe in until I believed in him. And that was one of the big gifts that Peggy, Peggy gave me so many gifts. Peggy gave me so many gifts. Oh, I hope she feels better. I can't wait for her to come back and speak for you guys. But one of them was like, honey, you don't need to believe in God to pray to God. She said, actually, it's the exact opposite. The more you pray, the more you'll believe. The more you pray, 
the more you turn over your will in your life to God, the more you'll start recognizing God in your life. I was waiting until I had some concept or some belief or some something. And she's like, just pray, just pray, fervent prayer, fervent prayer. And then another, and I know some hundreds of you know this one, she would always say, um, don't throw a chair, throw a prayer. <laughs> That's such a Peggy, right? <laughs> don't throw a chair, throw a prayer. And um, so I did that. I did that. I prayed a lot. I prayed until I believed in that God. I prayed until I believed in that God. And um, oh my goodness. And I've had so many moments of grace in AA. As I said, I came in, what did I come in? Like a little bar rat, really. And, um, and I always had um, a deep desire to go to college, get educated, you know, just do something with my life. And, and so much of my sobriety has been about finding God's love and finding God's will. And truly trying to express God's love in the world. Like I believe we become sober. And it says in our book that, that we, we allow God to demonstrate through us what he can do. What he can do. And I really have learned in AA, have experienced in AA, that my job is to eliminate everything I have between me and God. And I do that through working the steps, through doing the steps to the best of my ability. And one of the beautiful things, I think, in Atlantic Group is that we work those steps through the book, word by word, through that big book. And, um, and I've done that and continue to do that. We started with, with COVID, silver lining of COVID. Uh, we started a big book meeting on Fridays. You were all invited. Um, it's not an Atlantic Group meeting, I'm sorry, um, but it can be. <laughs> it can be. Um, but we go line by line through the big book. And, uh, and this, this group, Atlantic Group, the Wednesday night big book study is amazing. And um, there's a, so many beautiful big book meetings. And um, so, um, so we go through the steps in the book. And, okay, 15 minutes. So, um, um, so let me tell you some of the miracles that have happened as a result of doing these steps. So one is, um, first of all, Peggy was like, you got to start doing an honest day's work. As I said, I was, a, let's call it a little hustler. So I, um, uh, so I needed a job, like a real job, like a real job, like to pay the rent. Right. So I, uh, there was a guy in one of the groups who was a manager at a restaurant, Larry. Thank God for Larry. He gave me my first sober job. He's like, do you have any waitressing experience? No, but I'm, I'm nine months sober. He's like, you're hired. <laughs> thank you, Larry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, um, and that was my first sober job. And um, thank God for that job. Thank God for that job. I learned so much. Um, I learned how to pay the rent. I learned how to pay bills. I learned how to be polite and kind to all the customers, no matter what they said to me. That was spiritual growth. 
But most of all, because it was at night, waitressing at night, I went to a meeting every day at noon. And, uh, and I realized that I could go back to school, to college. And I ended up um, applying and getting into NYU. And, um, and that was such a miracle and such a gift. And um, so I went back to school. And you hear a lot in AA, like I, I was told, like, it's just, it's a do-over. Like, just, it's a do-over. Like, I'm going to go back to school and I get to study things I love. And what I discovered, I discovered things I love. Like, I discovered that if I go to school the way I go to AA, it's actually, you can actually do it. It was a miracle. And, um, and it's kind of crazy. Um, I was living in this um, sublet on the west side. <laughs> and the whole time I was out there, crazy things happened in that apartment. I'm nine months sober. I get evicted. I'm sober. I get evicted. Why do I get evicted? All of a sudden, 20 years later, the landlord discovers I'm in a legal sublet. Like 20 years later. But here's what it really was. Here's what it really was. It's my, my, my interpretation, whether it's true or not. Um, I needed to quickly find a very cheap apartment. Looked all over Manhattan at the time. And what did I find? This teeny weeny little closet on the first floor of a little building on 79th street, directly across the street from the 79th street workshop, like directly, like I could look out my window, see who's unlocking the door to the 79th street workshop. And because that apartment was so small, if I sat on my sofa, my knees hit the other wall, like it was that small. So it was totally claustrophobic. That apartment got me sober because I couldn't stand being in it but I could be at the 79th street workshop and I was there two, three, four meetings a day. I lived at the workshop, kept my clothes across the street, literally, put something in the oven for dinner, go to the meeting, come back, eat, go back to the meeting. Like I just lived across the street from the workshop. And I truly believe Peggy always says rejection is God's protection. Rejection is God's protection. And getting evicted from that apartment and finding that little closet across from the workshop was definitely the hand of God. Definitely the hand of God. And um, so I was meetings, meetings, meetings. And uh, boy, did that save me. Boy, did that save me. So I want to fast forward to um, went to school, then got a real job, then got another real job, then got the job that transferred me to Los Angeles. And, um, and then I met Boy Meets Girl on AA campus. A lot of you know my beautiful husband, Rick. God bless him. He just celebrated 40 years. Oh, my God. If you had told me, boy, we're just, I'm so grateful. I'm beyond grateful. Um, so we got married. We got married. Here's our wedding. Peggy, when I told Peggy I want to marry Rick, here's what Peggy said. She was like, oh, what's his home group? Who's his sponsor? What step is he on? (laughs) (laughs) So he gave him, she gave him the AA, hello, what's up here? And um, he wanted to move. uh, He was living in San Francisco. I was living in New York and whatever, very long geographical story. 
Bottom line, he gets to LA and Peggy tells him, you, you need to find a sponsor in Pacifica. So he gets Clint H as his sponsor. I have Peggy B as mine. So when we got married, it was really so much about Clint and Peggy. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> um, we, it was literally, it was his family my friend, because we both, I have four, I'm four siblings. He has five siblings. Like, so it was just the siblings, their spouses, our parents, Clinton, his wife, and Peggy, and then Vincent. So many of you know our beautiful Vincent, um, who passed. And Vincent married us. And, um, oh my goodness, I could cry. I mean, literally moments of grace, moments of grace. It's because of AA. It's because of you guys. It's because of each and every one of you guys. That's the thing with AA. If you're new here, hold, we will hold hands. We all take care of each other. Like you become a part of this family. And we take care of each other. And God takes care of us. And I want to tell you just a couple of things that happened. Um, I had, uh, we had to have a daughter who was going to college in New York City. Thank you, God. Um, and uh, college. Oh, my gosh. But when she was first born, I was 15 years sober when she was first born. And I would take her as a baby to meetings in L.A. And, um, and at the time, I felt like I never needed a meeting more. Like, all of a sudden, I had this, like, infant at home. And I don't know. Hormones raging, and I, I don't know, it's just crazy. And I need to meetings, meetings, meetings. But I went to this one meeting, and she started to cry, and I tried to calm her down. And, um, and I walked her outside, and I walked her back in, and I walked her outside, I walked her back to. Bottom line, they asked me to leave the meeting. They asked, can you imagine? They asked me to leave the meeting. And Vincent had read in the history that a lot of meetings are started by a resentment and a coffee pot. I got such a resentment. <laughs> and I thought, I'm going to start meetings that have babysitting. So no mother in AA will ever be asked to leave a meeting, ever. Not on my watch. Not on my watch. They didn't know I was 15 years sober. And I thought, what if I was a newcomer? What if I was counting days? Like, we need sober mothers. We need sober parents. Like, uh-uh. And I got, I got on my high horse. I'm in a rage. I have such a resentment. I'm calling Peggy. And I'm like, you will not believe what they did. She's like, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, you got to take that resentment and do something beautiful with it. So I started a meeting. First, I started one meeting uh, in California. And I went to churches that had nurseries. And I put it in the lease of the meeting that we have the nursery and a meeting space. And I put it in the bylaws of the meeting that seven tradition pays for the babysitter. So there will always be a babysitter and there will always be a nursery for that babysitter. And first I started on Sunday nights in Thousand Oaks, five o'clock. If you have children, it is still running. It is giant. Um, At first it was like five or six families. It grew so much to the point when I moved there were 60 children in babysitting with three full-time babysitters, hundreds of people. Then we started a meeting every night of the week with babysitting. So if you are 
getting so bold. And now with Zoom, how wonderful, right? You can't be asked to leave. Just hit mute. But um, um, then another story I want to tell you. Um, well, a few. I don't know which one to tell. Let me tell you one about how the hand of AA is always, always, always. Um, ten years ago, my father um, was dying. And I had made amends to my, both of my parents. And um, deep amends. Deep amends because of this program. So by the time he was passing... He loved me. I loved him. He forgave me. I forgave him. And, um, and that morning, it was a July morning, um, and my mother called, and I lived about an hour from them in California, and my mother called hysterical. She's like, Dad, Daddy, so they rushed him to the hospital. Get here quick, 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 quick. And she said, but there's no cell service. Thank you. I got it. Five minutes. Um, She's like, there's no cell, cell service where he in the intensive care or whatever. She's like, so I keep having to run outside to call you. And she's hysterically crying. And then when I get there, she's like, honey, you won't believe what happened. She said, I've been outside. She said, and this group of people showed up and this gentleman came up to me and saw me crying. And he said, are you here for the meeting? And she said, no, I'm here for my husband, but my daughter's in AA. Do you mean AA? And he said, yes. And he said, you look like you need a hug. And she said, oh, I do. And he said, I'll stay with you. She told him, my daughter's on her way and my husband's dying. And he stayed with her. He hugged her and he stayed with her until I got there. A member of AA didn't know me, but saw my mother in distress. They have a meeting Sunday mornings in that hospital and the meeting was starting. The hand of AA got there before I could. And there's a million miracles like that. There's a million miracles like that that have happened to me over the years. Um, but I think my time is almost up. And I just want to say, I, first, I just want to say thank you, Peggy and Van, for starting the Atlantic Group. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And thank you, all of you who do service here. It is such the best, best home group in the world. It truly is. And all of you have kept it running all these years and have been such a huge, huge part of this thing. It's amazing. It's amazing the music of AA that comes out of the Atlantic group and the grace of God that gets expressed in the Atlantic group. So if you're new, Get a commitment in the Atlantic group. It will keep you sober and it will give you a life you cannot even imagine. So thank you. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you for letting me share. And happy anniversary, Atlantic group. Uh, thank you, Lisa, for giving a great AA talk. That was wonderful.